I, I have something on my heart, and that, it's way in heaven. I've got to get it off my heart, amen. And uh, it's not the message. And I, I, I want to be in the book of Jeremiah if I can get to it. Because what's on my heart is just on my heart. And, I, and this morning we talked about that, uh, 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 that uh, wedding supper, listening for that sound, that trump. And, uh, and we know that when he, and he calls those who are uh, uh, bought by the blood and, and washed in the blood, when he calls, uh, we're going to be caught up out of this place and we're going to a better place and a new world and new heavens. And, uh, uh, but, but until then, until I, I, Philippians chapter 1 verse number 6 says, Being confident of this very thing that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until, until, the day of Jesus Christ. Until. Second uh, Peter says the same thing in verse number 1, verse 19 says the same thing. For the prophet uh, uh, says, uh, We have also a more sure word of the prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto the light that shineth in the dark place until the day dawn and the day star arises in your heart. I got the reading that the other day, and I got the looking at the other day, and that that word until just burnt in my heart. It just until uh, that day, uh, uh, you would have to agree with me. Uh, we've all have lived in the when, Amen. We've all, and can you remember when there was no such thing as COVID nineteen, Amen? Can you remember when there was uh, no such thing as Social distancing. Amen. I, I, I can remember the times in my life in the past and I look back and I rejoice in the times when in my life uh, and back in the when uh, we've had some uh, mountains to climb and we had some darkness and we had some um, bewilderment in our wind and of life and every one of us have been in that wind of life and we, we've been there. But now we're living in the now. We're living in the now. And, and can I say this? The now can be very scary. The now can be very dark. The now can be very, have a, a, a heartaches and trials and tribulations. The now uh, that has a, 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 as a wondering what's going to happen. But in the now, because of what you did in the wind, will help you get through the now that you're in now. You're facing that trial. You're facing that darkness and that bewilderment. And, and what you did in the wind will get you through the now. But I'm looking forward until then. I'm looking forward until then. I, I got to thinking about this when we've all had a win. And there's only one win for each one of us. Amen? Can I, is that right? Everybody's got a win. And, and can I say this? Everybody has a now. Right now is our now. This is it right now. But until then, there's two until then. Jesus said in Matthew, I mean John 14 says, uh, if you believe in God, believe in me also. 
Sit in my father's house and many mansions. If it were not so, I'd have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place, I'll come again and receive that where I am, that you may be also. That is a until. That's an anticipation that we're looking for that time that when he comes back and we're looking for that until, until we can lay down this fleshly body and until we can look and say, I got a new home in heaven, a new Jerusalem. I'm lay- I don't have to worry about separation anymore until then and we have the hope in our hearts and our minds until then we'll see him again but there's also another until then revelation says the books were open another book was open death and hell cast up the dead was in them and the sea cast up the dead was in them and they were judged according to Works in the book, and death and hell was cast in the lake of fire. And whosoever not found in the book is cast in the lake of fire. This is burning in me so much in the last few days. Uh, these deaths that's come 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 to our our families, and we we're looking around, and I'm thinking. Am I doing all that I can? Am I being what I need to be in front of this world? Uh, Because every one of us is going to have until then. Every one of us is going to have to face that. uh, But each and every one of us got a decision that we got to make in our win to help us get through our now. That when we get through our now and until then that we'll flee in that heavenly place. What are we doing now? What are we doing now? And that burns in my heart so much that are we doing what we need to do now? Because we've all had a win. We all have an I now. And every one of us has got a until then. Until then. I had to get that off my chest. It was just burning to me. I couldn't get that off. I couldn't deal with it. I had to just get it out. We, uh, God has been dealing with me so much on some things in this world, what's going on, and, and, I, and I don't have to worry about what I feel like in the mornings. I, I get up, and I, I got up this morning with a brand new start and a brand new heart and a brand new mind and a brand new body. I thought, I said, Lord, help me. What's going on? Is this the day that I leave this world because I feel so good? But it might be the Lord saying, yeah, you know what? Until then, until then, we need to get right with God. Jeremiah chapter 1. And I said all that to say all this. Amen. Because Jeremiah is something that we need to look at. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 17. Thou therefore gird up thy loins and arise and speak unto them all. I have commanded thee, be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. For behold, I have made thee this day a defense city, an iron pillar and a brazen wall against the whole land, against the kings of Judah and against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof and against the people of the land. And they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver 
thee. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord. Just help us be what we need, Lord. Lord, Lord uh, the burdens you place upon us, Lord, uh, just help us give encourages us to go with it, Lord, and give us the strength to carry that burden, Father. Father, we pray that you speak to each heart tonight, Lord. Help us be what we need to be. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. We all know that Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. When you read the book of Jeremiah and Lamentations, you'll find that he's weeping over the rebellious of the, and the sins of Israel. When you come to this text that we read here, notice in verse 18, For behold, I have made thee this day a defense city and an iron pillar and a brazen wall against the whole land. So God, in this one phrase, this one verse, he tells Jeremiah that I have developed him. I have made you. Uh, behold, I made thee, and God said uh, he's developed him as a preacher, and he developed him into the preacher that God wants him to be. Preachers are not carbon copies. Can I say that, amen? We're not the same. Uh, uh, we should preach from the same book, uh, and we should preach with the same spirit, but uh, preachers are not carbon copy. You look around, you see preachers do different things, uh, and it, they're not the same. Uh, uh, some speak with large words, and some speak with little bitty words and some say uh, uh, eloquent things and everything, but uh, every one of us should have the same spirit. Uh, every one of us should use the same book, uh, and God has made every man different, uh, and every, God, every man of God has been unique in his own way. And he's unique in the way that God uses him, and God develops him. That's, that's why preachers should never compare themselves to one another. Because if we're preachers, what God wants us to be, and he tells Jeremiah that he had developed him, uh, then we should never compare ourselves with other preachers, how they preach. Now, I, I, I look at a lot of preachers, I've heard a lot of preachers, and I go, my, my, I'm not even in that category. I'm not even on the same level for those guys because they can preach. But every one of us is unique and every one of us is indifferent. He tells them that he has been divinely appointed. I have made thee this day. In other words, he was, uh, he was appointed on this day. And this day in which he's living in, I think God raises up preachers. I, I think if you look back in the history of time, uh, that God has always raised up a preacher or another pre preachers in, in a day that they needed preachers. And he raised them at and anointed them in the way that they needed to be for the times and the people of that day. I, I believe God needs to raise up some more preachers. I believe God needs to anoint some more preachers because we're living in a day that preachers need to preach the word of God. Behold, I have made thee this day. Then, then he describes him. God tells him these few phrases that he's going to be a, a people of God. He said, for behold, I have made thee this day a defense city, an iron pillar and a brazen wall. A defense city means that uh, uh, God go, was going to use Jeremiah to hedge the nation of Israel in, to box them in, to, and, and uh, preach what the, the will of God to do. He's going to put them in a corner. That's what God's preaching will do to you. It'll put you in a corner. It'll hedge you in. And it's going to cause you to make a decision in your life. That's, that's what he's talking about, a, a defense city. Then he called him a brazen wall. You know, the, that speaks of God's judgment. 
God is going to judge the nation of Israel. He's going to judge the whole land. He's going to judge the kings, the princes, and the priests, and everything. No one exception, and God's going to judge them. Then he said, an iron pillar. And that's where I want to camp out just for a little bit. An iron pillar. And preach on the subject, God's iron man. You see, Jer Jeremiah is known the weeping prophet. Not only is he known the, as the weeping prophet, but here, chapter 1, he is God's iron man. That simply means uh, that Jeremiah is going to be called upon in this text to take a stand. Uh, and that, that would be a firm stand he was called upon. That means that uh, he's going to become an iron pillar and that's what an iron pillar does. It stands firmly. You can build around that pillar. It means it's going to hold the weight. It's going to keep things in position. It's going to keep things at a steady pace. And God has called Jeremiah to be an iron pillar. The entire of all these buildings you see built today, they're built on iron pillars and the entire weight of them buildings is resting on them iron pillars. They're not swayed. They're not moved. They're carrying the weight of that building. You see, a lot of things in this world move, but these pillars do not move. They're planted in the right way. And no matter what comes along, no matter what a wind may blow, or no matter what doctrine may come, these iron pillars are planted and they're firmly in the what God has planted them in. God told Jeremiah, I've made thee this day an iron pillar. I've made you a man that's going to do, stand firm. And you're going to stand firm in this land. And you're going to stand against those that have walked away from God. And that is the day that we live in today. We need more preachers that will take a firm stand. And, and will be God's iron man and iron pillars in the day we're living in right now. And think about this. Jeremiah's day was a lot like our day. And you say, what do you mean? Jeremiah's preaching was against the, the reign of five kings uh, and against nine wicked nations. He cried out against the uh, nations and kings and he stood firm. Uh, and every one of them in Jeremiah's day, men were full of corruption. And they were full of contention. And there was a lot of compromise in Jeremiah's day. That's going on around today. But God said, Jeremiah, you're going to be a pillar in the land of corruption. Among the leaders, you're going to be a pillar. When compromise was on every hand, when all the other men around Jeremiah Jeremiah said, I will not give up. It's amazing today that the preachers of those times would not call sin as sin. We see that today. Preachers don't call sin as sin. But God had made Jeremiah an iron pillar. You know, we ought to pray for the men of God that would be an iron pillars today. And not just preachers, but all men of God. Amen. Pray that they will not give in to taking over things, uh, uh, falling around or give up, not compromising the world, but taking a place and taking a firm stand in our churches today. 
If you're going to be a God's iron man, if you're going to take a stand, it's going to take some things in order for you to do that. You say, well, I'm not a pastor, and I'm not a deacon, I'm not a missionary, and I'm not an evangelist. But if you are a Christian tonight, you ought to make your mind up that you're going to be an iron pillar for God. And that you're going to be God's iron man or God's iron lady. You're going to take a firm stand and not compromise in the hour that we live in today. I think that we can do this with the right spirit. Amen. You can take a stand and not be a smart act about it. Amen. I, I've seen people do that. And you can have convictions uh, and you don't have to, have to parade them around and, and for the world to see and the people to see. In fact, if you've got true Bible convictions, it really doesn't care a matter what the other people think about you. You're not doing it for them. You're doing it for God. But a lot of people do it for the pat on the backs. Because you believe the word of God and you want to please the Lord, you'll take that firm stand. You'll stand strong. You'll become God's iron man in this world today. But if you're going to decide to be an iron man or an iron lady, it's going to cause you to do some things. It's going to cost you something and it cost Jeremiah. You, you study the life of Jeremiah, it was not a pleasant life that he lived. I mean, they didn't call him the weeping prophet for nothing. He faced a lot of things. He faced a lot of enemies. He faced a lot of compromise. He faced a lot of uh, fear. But here in the Bible, he said, right here, he said, Jeremiah had a call on his life in verse number 4 and 5. Then the, Lord, when, then the word of the Lord came upon me, saying, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou comest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I have ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. You see, God put a calling in Jeremiah's life. Can I say this? God has put a calling on every one of our lives tonight. And here, Jeremiah's call was a preacher. But if you've been saved and, and you've heard the call of God and you have been saved, you, you've heard that still small voice that, that speaks to you just as Jeremiah said, call, God calls Jeremiah and the word of God he said unto him, God said, I formed thee in the belly of thee. I knew thee. I'm glad before I was, God knew me. I'm glad God already knew me before I was saved. He knew me that, that I could not save me. But God knows us before we knew ourselves. Listen, it, it might have took some parents by surprise when they were told they were going to have a child. But it never took God by surprise. God knew. God formed you. There was a calling in Jeremiah's life. Every one of us have a calling in our lives. You say, well, I'm not called to preach. I'm not called to teach. I'm not called to this. But if you've been saved, there is a calling in your life to serve God 
and do something for God. You see the commission in, in his life in verse number six, and then said, I, Lord, Lord God, God, I behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. But the Lord said unto him, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. You know, that's a true commission. That's the true commission of a man of God today. It's not to preach what he wants to preach. It's not to say what he wants to say. But it's to preach what God has put in this book. Amen. Uh, study the Bible and, and preach the Bible and live the Bible. We're told. It's not what I say that's going to impress people. Is what God said. God's going to instruct you. God's going to inspire you. And God's going to help you in your life. You didn't come to hear me what I think about something. You came to hear what God has to say. I'm telling you, we need more preachers today that would just preach, thus saith the Lord. We have many preachers today that have the eloquent of speech and, uh, and great swelling words uh, and really say it, not a whole lot of things. And people sit and listen. They say, yes. And they say, what a wonderful servant and never said a thing, never understood a thing. What people ought to do is take the Bible and check out the preacher, what the preacher says. Amen. Check out and see if he's preaching what the word says. See if it lines up what God says. Jeremiah's commission was simply preach what saith the Lord. Listen, 99% of the messages that Jeremiah preached were not one of these feel-good messages. They were not these feel-good messages. And they're not going to be accepted by many, the Bible says. His sermons started out, and you can go through the Jeremiah, and you'll, you'll find the sermons when you see this phrase, moreover the word of the Lord came to me. When it says that, he's starting into a sermon. He talked about, uh, he talked about backsliding. He talked about adultery, spiritual adultery, natural adultery. He talked about sermons that, draw, uh, he didn't uh, preach on these sermons that draw big crowds. And, and in fact, when he got to preaching, it caused uh, uh, people to hate him. It didn't cause people to love him. They didn't run around to find him. They didn't look for him because they got a warm fuzzy feeling when Jeremiah preached but Jeremiah preached what God had laid upon his heart and that's what preachers need to do today preach what God has laid on you take the time to get in the word of God study the word of God and have God and pray to God and have God reveal to you what he wants you to say He had a consolation too in verse number eight. Be not afraid of their faces. You, you would be very surprised how scary it looks up here looking back that way. Amen. I mean, sometimes I look at some of these faces around here. I don't know. I, I, I was preaching at church down in Georgia. I got to preaching and, you, and I try not to look eye-to-eye eye contact. I try to not to look up. If I look up, I try to look at the walls back there. 
Because somebody told me, if you look and you know, try to picture them naked and make them, you know, that's dumb. That's dumb. I try to look at the wall. But I, I got to preaching, and there was one guy sitting on the front row right here. Sang, he, he sang that song, Long Black Train, put chills in my back. But he was sitting on the front row, and I'm preaching away. I look at him, he's like, And I try to turn around and keep but every time I look over here, he'll either go. And I mean, I'm preaching away, and I'm in a 45 minutes. I'm going to put across the church, and they want you to go an hour. But every time I preach and every time I look over, he'll go. And I got done, and I, the preacher come up to him, was talking. I said, can I ask you something? I said, yeah. I said, that man on the front row, did he have a problem? Yeah, he has a problem. I said, oh, he likes to make faces, don't he? He says, no, he's an alcoholic. <laughs> I said, well, the whole time I'm preaching, he's making faces at me because he don't want to jump up and run out the door and get him a drink. Because if you go out to his truck right there, you'll find if you go out there, he's going to have a bottle in that truck, and he can't wait to get to it. In fact, the man died I think I preached there for five years, and the fourth year I preached there, he died as an alcoholic. And, and you can sit in a It's scary at the, some of the faces you see on the pulpit, and you look out, and you see, and sometimes they you look like they're angry at you. And some of them, sometimes you look at these faces, and they look like, I ain't getting it. <laughs> Amen. It, it, you'd be surprised how scary. If you don't believe me, you get up here one day. I know the singers, uh, and when they get up here, that's why they don't look at you. Because if you look at me, I'm going to be. He says, Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee, said the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched his mouth, and the Lord said unto him, Behold, I have. Put my words in thy mouth. You remember, Jeremiah didn't have a Bible at this time. He couldn't study the Word of God. It wasn't in front of him. God put the words that God wanted him to say in his mouth. And thank God Jeremiah obeyed the Word of God. And this thus said the Word of God. That's what he said. He said, you're preaching my words, not your thoughts, not what you want, but you're preaching my words. Don't worry about their faces. Don't look at their faces. He says, don't matter whether they're happy, sad, mad, or glad. Just preach my word. And we need more of that today. You can be happy, you can be sad, you can be mad, you can be glad. I don't care. I'm just going to preach what thus saith the Lord. Amen. And if you start doing that with a touch of heaven, you'll reach people. He gives them confirmation in verse 11 through 16. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto them, me, thou hast well seen. Jeremiah has three things that every preacher that has got to have. In verse 9, he had the, the touch of God. And the, the Lord touched his mouth. In verse 11, he had a vision. God gave him some discernment. He saw some things, the, the rod, that almond tree. He said, thou hast well seen. 
And in verse 13, And the word of the Lord came unto me the second time, saying, What seest thou? And I said, I see a seeing pot. God opened up Jeremiah's eyes and allowed him to see some spiritual truths. Amen. Jeremiah had the touch of God. When he had this discernment that he could see, then he had the word of the Lord that came to him. You know, if a preacher is going to preach today and be an iron pillar for God, that God wants him to be, he's going to have to have a spiritual touch on his life. He's going to have to have that spiritual insight in his life. He's going to have to have the Bible the Word of God, and preach it with a touch of God. And Jeremiah had all these things in his life. He gives him this calculation, verse number 17. There, therefore, gird up thy loins and rise and speak unto all that I command thee. Be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. Jeremiah has, just tell them what I've said, Jeremiah. Regardless of what their faces, regardless of what they look like, don't get caught up in that. Just preach what I tell you to say. He calculated faces, and then he calculated their fight. Verse 19, and they shall fight against thee. Jeremiah, you're going to preach what I have put into your heart. And you know, they're not going to like it. They're not going to like it. You can see it on their faces, Jeremiah. But it's not going to stop thee, Jeremiah. They're going to fight against you. But I want you to preach it anyway. You know, if preaching is all about being popular, we'd have a hard time. But preaching is about telling the truth. And that's what you and I need today, just the simple truth. And sometimes the truth is not popular in our lives, but we need to hear it. You ever have a message just hit you right between the eyes? I, I mean literally, uh, it's, it's just it's as if the preacher had just dug up and got into all your business. He knew everything about you. He knew what you had done wrong. He knew about, I, I've been that way. I, I've been sitting in, a, in sermons and I've been sitting in revivals and all of a sudden it just seemed like everybody disappeared and it just seemed like that preacher would just had his finger right dead at me preaching away. It's just like I had a great old big bullseye on my heart and he was going at it and wouldn't let up. You ever been like that? No, y'all haven't. Y'all. And that, that's, that's the truth. That's what God, it's not the preacher can get into your life. It's not the preacher, no. But God lays something in that preacher's heart to, that you need to say this. And you say it and it hits a, I was preaching a message in my church down in Florida there. And, I, and I, 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 this couple was there and I knew them well. And they'd been in church for a while. And I didn't know what was going on. But I got on this kick. And God just, you know, you ever, you ever seen preachers run rabbits? I ran this rabbit about husbands beating wives. It just, I mean, bam, it just right on me. 
it was just all over me. I just went on and went for about 10 minutes. And I said, well, I don't know why I ran that rabbit, but I went on right back and message. After service, she came up to me and says, who told you? Who told me what? Who told you? Who told me what? So that message. And I preached on something else and everything. She says, no, not that. About that beating, why it's beat, you know, being beat by her. I says, nobody, nobody told me anything. What are you talking about? She says, her and her husband having a problem for last month. And he'd get angry. He'd hit her. And she was just about to leave him. She says, I can't take it no more. So for three, four weeks, we sat down. We talked to each other. Over and over. We finally worked it out. They finally stayed. And they finally got right with God. They're still, and as far as I know, they're still serving God. Amen. But there's times God will put a message in a preacher's heart that will just hit you between the eyes. He calculated their failures. They shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee, said the Lord, to deliver thee. God gives him a promise. Jeremiah... They're going to look at you in a strange way. They're not going to like what, they, what you say. They want to fight you. But you just keep on preaching what I tell you to preach. You keep on standing firm. You don't give up. You don't walk away. You don't give in. You don't compromise. And they will come against you. But Jeremiah, I am going to be with you. They will not prevail. I will win against them, Jeremiah. Listen to what I'm saying. We need men of God to become iron pillars, not only in our churches, but in our world day. It's not time to roll back and do compromise, give in. I, I, I believe there's a lot of pressures on preachers this hour. I really, truly believe. I've talked to a lot of preachers. And we're, we're going through some things that just has not been normal for churches. And it's a lot of pressure on preachers to try to keep people influenced enough to be in churches. But I'm afraid that some of the preachers are starting to compromise and draw the crowd that say, hey, if you preach this way, you teach this this way, then I will come. I'm afraid we're living in that day where preachers are starting to compromise. And let me say this. Can I say this? I've never seen a time where preachers are really tired. They've gotten weary of what's going on in this world today. I, 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 I talked to some, and, and I know some of them right now, they're about ready to say, I'm through. I'm through. We, we need to pray for the preachers. Amen. We need to pray that God will just continue with them and, and, and take this weariness out of their lives and this uh, being tired and want to give up and just stop the fight and stop the battles. Don't want to continue to go against it. I, I know one preacher is just going out of battle in his church and he said, brother, I'm about ready to walk out and not go back because he's tired of the battle that's going on inside the church. We need people to become iron men and iron women for God. We need people to become iron pillars to stand strong and not compromise. Is this said the word of the Lord and this is what we're going to stand on? You say, I want to be an iron pillar. I want to take a stand. 
going to have to learn to go in God's strength, not your strength. And you're going to have to do that with a personal walk of God. You're going to have to get closer to God. There are those the days that the flesh does not want to serve God. You get up and get in the morning and start to read the Bible. I've been several times. Get up in the morning and want to read, read the Bible. The flesh says, uh, you, you got plenty of time to read it. Don't worry about it. You, you get up and go, to get, go pray. And God has laid something on your heart. You go and pray and the flesh tells you, don't worry about it right now. You got to overcome the flesh. The flesh does not want to serve God. I know it because it happens to me. The flesh will get you weary. In order, in, to combat that, to get over that weariness, to get over that wanting to give up, to, to turn away and compromise, you're going to have to stay on your knees. You have to stay on your knees. And the reason why I say all that because I see a lot of Christians that are tired and weary from the struggles and fights that we're going through. We see it. But we be can become iron pillars in this world today. And we need men and women so I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to turn back. I'm going to stay strong. I might have to go through the battle. I might have to fight. But I'm not giving up on God. Because God says, I'll be with thee. I will deliver thee. God tells us the same thing. You're going to stand for the fight. You're going to stand in this battle. The flesh is going to be weak, but I will be with thee you to stand strong I believe we need some iron pillars in this church amen plant your feet firmly in the word of God said I shall not be moved take a stand take a stand we're, we're, we're living a day where Christians today will just go one way or another it doesn't matter I've seen them, they'll, they'll be in one church one day going, yeah, yeah, I love that. And next day, they'll be in another church, yeah, yeah, I love that. Take a stand. See what God says. If this is what the Word of God says, that's what you need to stand on. Not what some preacher says. Amen.